to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. Woo. U-N-C-G. U-N-C-G. Fight, fight, fight. Another great episode of the Culture State Podcast. And this time we have some Spartan representation on the Culture State Podcast. You know what? I'll let you do the introduction, Dennis, because I just want to hear it from you. Oh, I just want to introduce uh, you, sir, or give props to you that you got the UNCG. Ah, get out of here. That you got you're, you're bringing stuff. up old stuff. You're bringing old, up old stuff. Old stuff. You're talking about UNCG representation finally on the show. You are the UNCG representation, you, sir. You're bringing up old stuff because wow. you're, you're alluding to something that happened over a year ago. It's not that old, sir. <laughs> not that old. <laughs> Even though it was slightly over a year ago. What, what, do, what do coaches say all the time? It, it's, it's in the past. We put that behind us. We're looking forward. Oh, we oh, yeah, look okay. forward. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. We're going to go check the tape, Matt Rule. Is that what we're going to do? No, no, no. We don't have to check the tape. Oh, no, it's, we're gonna, it's, it's you know, behind I, us. We're looking you know, forward. You know, we're going to sit there. We're going to go check the tape. We're going to watch and see if things dig. You know, sometimes we get the things wrong, and sometimes we think we're on the same page. We had a good game plan with our chant, but uh, sometimes execution breaks down. But we're going to go back, check the tape, make sure we're better next. Let's, is that yo, who we are do, right now? You do a great Matt Rule impersonation. I do a great Matt Rule. That is great. You, you can make some money for that. I should. <laughs> I should. Yeah, just, you know, get a little, you know, toupee, I guess, and shave off the beard. Well, he has a little bit of a beard, right? Oh, he's got the beard going. He's got a beard. I mean, obviously, you know, he's not quite as full and as lush as mine going on here, Chris. But, you know, it's still, he's still got something going on. Yeah, get you a Penn State shirt and... Or, or like a shirt that says, "I could have taken more money elsewhere, but I decided to stay in Charlotte." And you're, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. It'll work yes. for you. As long as I associate myself with only Baylor and Temple people. <laughs> but that's all besides the point, though. You're still supposed to talk about who we have coming up on Coach State this week. We do. We have Isaiah Miller, former point guard, former SoCon Player of the Year from UNC Greensboro. Also, the defensive player of the year twice for the SOCON. One of the best mid-major guards that we've seen come from the SOCON. Maybe the best since Steph Curry uh, in the SOCON. So, yeah, that's who we have here today. And obviously a proud UNCG Spartan, Chris. Let's talk about the history of the Southern Conference. Of course, a lot of the, the current ACC teams were in the Southern Conference way, 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 way back in the day. But in this current iteration of the Southern Conference, uh, you, you you mentioned it. Seth, uh, Steph Curry came from uh, Davidson when they were in the Southern Conference. Uh, I don't know if you remember Kevin Martin. He was doing his thing in the NBA for a few years there. He came from Western Carolina, did a really good job for them. And now the next one, you have Isaiah Miller, who's uh, with the Iowa Wolves right now, with the Timberwolves, Minnesota Timberwolves organization. And uh, shout outs to his mentor, Pat Beverly, who's been in the news lately for just... <laughs> saying whatever comes to his mind uh, uh but that's who's helping to get isaiah miller together uh right now and and hopefully gets him to a, the nba level uh as a player well let's not wait any further let's go to the man of the doubt da- the man of the hour isaiah miller so to to give a, a more formal introduction to isaiah miller if you um didn't pay attention to uncg uh, basketball uh, for the past few years, you probably missed out on some really good basketball, but then also somebody who is um, probably has solidified themselves as lit- literally the goat of UNCG basketball. And <laughs> and that says a lot because I went to school with and graduated with Kyle Hines, who is legit the best uh, international player that's ever played. 
uh, from the United States. Uh, but now uh, Isaiah Miller comes through UNCG, uh, two SOCON players of the years, uh, defender of the year, uh, you know, just taking UNCG to uh, two NCAA tournaments. Like that hasn't been done before, uh, that level of production. And you just finished up your first year uh, as a professional. So we have a lot of a lot of questions. But first off, I just want to say congratulations to you. And I'm definitely proud of you. Thank you, man. Thank you. That comes from a lot from a, you know, UNCG alumni. So. Really appreciate yeah. it. I made y'all proud, man. For sure. Uh, so first off, um, you uh, ended up with the Iowa Wolves for most of the season, which is um, uh, the, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves right now are in the playoffs uh, as we're speaking right now. Um, what have you heard from that organization about your play this past year and what they like about you and maybe uh, how you maybe potentially fit for them, um, you know, in the future? Uh. What I heard from the organization, uh, I heard a lot. They say they like me a lot, you know. They like how my game, they like my uh, speed, say I have NBA speed, so forth, so on. They say I got things to work on before, you know, before, you know, I get more into to the system. And uh, that's why I've been focused on most of this off-season, off-grind, ever since I came back home. And, you know, it's the same thing over and over again, college, shooting part, you know, some of my decision-makings, but – Besides of that, they, they like my game. All right. Grew up Georgia, played basketball in North Carolina, but all of a sudden you're out playing basketball in Iowa professionally. Yeah. When, when you get out to Iowa, you're – what was it, like culture shock? Like what, what's it like out there compared to what you had growing up? I mean, it's, it was way different from what I had growing up, you know. Going to that type of environment, that type of culture from, you know, Atlanta – you know, in North Carolina, it was it was kind of a culture, not a culture shock, but it kind of slowed my life down a little bit. Like it kind of slowed me down a little bit because, you know, Atlanta, the fast life, North Carolina, mm -hmm. something like that. It's not the, you know, it's not like Atlanta, but it's something up there like it. So it just Iowa, Iowa was completely different. Yeah, <laughs> Iowa was just completely different. It was cold almost every day. You know, you I mean, you get a lot of sun, but you still cold. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I I, I want to ask you this uh, because, you know, one of the things, if, if people haven't seen your, your six foot guard, all kinds of athleticism, though, can jump out the gym. And I remember seeing that your freshman year at UNCG on the baseline, just shooting the game and then like, oh, snap. Like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is this? Like, you just you don't see that uh, very often. Um, and you, you go up there and I, I've seen a few highlight dunks. Like, I mean, multiple, probably more than 10 <laughs> from the yeah. season, like legit. And, and the fact that really the G League is is a good representation of the NBA because a lot of those guys are literally just a couple of injuries away from getting called up. Yeah. And the fact that you've been able to, from UNCG, undersized guard, uh, come in, show your athleticism, and, and have these highlight real uh, type of plays, um, what has that done for your confidence in, in letting you know how you can uh, survive on, on the – on, on the next level of basketball? I mean, my confidence went up uh, from, from, from college, actually, because, uh, you know, if I'm getting explosive and, you know, doing what I do against, you know, potential NBA big, 6'11", you know, 6'10", that, I, I mean, well, can I say they up there with NBA NBA big, you know, them the same type of athleticism? I mean, they probably – some people are probably still more athletic than me, but, I mean, I'm up there with the big dogs, so what do you expect, so – yeah, I mean that 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 got my confidence up. That means I can dominate the paint, basically, when I want to or how I want to. 
All right, talk you talk, talk man. I love that. Yeah, talk you talk. talk. I can dominate the paint when I want to. Six yeah, foot tall. Man. now now, i want to know what it's like for you even with all your offensive skill to be named defensive player of the year multiple times in the socon what was it like to earn that i mean i I always like i always took pride in my defense that came for the offense that's what started my offense up really uh is my defense i mean i take that to heart that's a pride thing for me uh you know, I got a representation of being compared to Pat Beverly in this league, and that's what mm. that's what a lot of teams want me to be. You know, because I'm such an energy guy as well. Um, but aside of that, I mean, defense—it's an effort thing, dog. It's 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 like it's an effort thing and a pride thing. It's like my man is not scoring this ball on none of these possessions. So, I mean, I have no problem with that. I put my heart, and my passion, all into this game. So, I mean. That's just me as a person. So I want to ask you more about that Pat Beverly, uh, you know, comp. Like, first off, Pat, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen Pat Beverly dunk the ball. So, like, if you <laughs> end up being like the athletic Pat Beverly who's dunking. That's going to be amazing in the NBA. But he's also playing with the with the Timberwolves. Um, yeah. Were you ever able to be in maybe joint practices uh, this, you know, during the season? Kind of pick his brain, uh, talk to him about his path to the NBA because you know, of course, he had to scratch, scratch and, and claw and fight to get there as well. Uh, have you been able to pick up anything from him? Yes, uh, I was in training camp. I was in training camp with him. I was uh, on the exhibit team with him. I always, I always picked his head. I always asked him how, how did he play defense on certain possessions? You know, um, he he was helping me shoot a couple of days while I was down there, trying to get my confidence up and stuff like that. But yeah, Pat Bev, my OG though. That's that's my vet. That's my vet on the on the Timberwolves while I was down there. He's probably always gonna be my vet. I respect him a lot. He's he's one of the real ones, man. He, that's mm-hmm. one, that's like one of the ones you're gonna need in your corner sometime. You know. He's who, else, who else there on, on the roster of the Timberwolves have you looked up to and, and spoken with? Uh, Jo Joshua Koki, jo, Joshua Koki. So uh, him. I and mean, Pat Bev, they're both both uh, very dominant on that defensive side. So I really looked up to both of them because, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to make it hard on NBA players on the defensive side. I'm getting tired of, you know, all these people saying I'm too small to play defense. But mm. as you can see, as I went through my first year, I really don't care nothing about my size. You know, I'm going after you every time I, I see you. So. That's awesome. I want to ask you about this because I know uh, the system with Wes Miller, uh, you had to play defense to get get your playing time. You know, like if you didn't play defense, like you could shoot all day. Like we've seen it. You you can shoot all day, but if you can't play the defense, you're going to have to sit down for a little bit. Um, In what ways did did Wes Miller, people talked about the things that maybe you need to do better, uh, but what ways did Wes Miller get you prepared uh, for this level and and the things that he was teaching uh, over at UNCG? Man, my guy, Coach Miller, man, I talk to him every day. Well, not every day, but most of – talk to him almost like every week, man. He just he just makes sure I'm good. I'm, I'm probably going to be going up there soon to go work out with him too as well, you know, get some of the West Miller work in, mm-hmm. as you can say. Uh, but, I mean, Coach Miller prepared me as worth ethic, worth ethic you know, that that sense, you know, the the work that's that you're going to need to get to where you're uh, at. And that's one thing I know. That's like you can't fight or you can't go away from is the work culture of, of this like profession. You know, it's basketball. You know, you're going to have to work to grow and get better. Uh, and that's one thing he taught me. 
I mean, just you got to put the work in order to get something out, man. Absolutely. What was it about Coach Miller and UNCG that attracted you? To the uh, Coach Miller, when I when I first went up to uh, actually talked to uh, UNCG, it was actually Andre Morgan. He actually got kind of got my attention. He was on my back all the time, make sure I was good. He kept telling me he wanted me to get up there. When I got up there, I just loved the coaching staff. The coaching staff of uh, Mike, Mike Roberts, you know, Andre Morgan, Crystal Poor. You know, I I love that whole group, even the group after them. I love, like, all the the whole coaching staff that was there. I just had so much love for them when I went on my visit. It was crazy. Uh, but besides of that, Coach Miller told me one thing. He was telling me, like, I could put you in a great position to get you there. He said, I ain't making no promise you're going to get to the league or anything. That's one thing he didn't do. He ain't promising anything, he said. But I will, I will teach you how to work and get you, like, earn it there, so – I really mm-hmm. like that. Really ticked me when he told me that at my dinner, and that, and, and it went up from there, as you can see. Before um, people were talking about you on a national level in college, um, back when you were wearing number twenty-four, like you know, back that during that you know year, and then also like your sophomore year, um, did you? were you already looking at the NBA like, Hey, this is what I need to do to work to get here. Or did you see yourself as more of an overseas player? And then it just kind of hit later on. Like, Oh snap, I could probably make it to the NBA. Man. I've been looking at myself to be in the NBA since man, like seventh, eighth grade dog. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I mean, my role from high school to college, my freshman year of college, my role changed a lot, but, uh, you know, as time went on, you know, I had to take on bigger responsibilities as you grow as a person, as you grow as a player. So, um, yeah, but aside of that, man, I've been I've been wanting to get in the NBA since I was little, man. And it's, it's still it's – still I'm still trying to get there, man. Yeah. All right. So your career path to the NBA obviously took you through the state of North Carolina. Yeah. Everyone thinks about when – basketball in the state of North Carolina, they obviously gravitate naturally to the ACC schools. They got the big names. Yeah. But you see schools such as UNCG. We've seen Davidson have success, UNC Wilmington. Mm-hmm. What is it about basketball in this state, from your experience, that makes basketball as a whole so special? It's just the, pe- the, the people, man, the community. Just like UNCG, the community is crazy. As you can see, Chris, man, I got my man Chris up there, bro. Like him, like people like him, man, they, they, they keep in tight with players, you know, they keep in tight with people around the community, make sure everybody stay tight. It just like when UNCG, the people around it, it's just like, I don't know, they go crazy over sports, man. They they want to get to know the players, they want to get to know how what type of person you are. And that's why I love them, man. They just, they make sure you're good. I mean, uh, I can't ask but, but enough for them. And they still they still support me to this day, even though I was in Iowa. Dennis, you missed out. Maybe you should have gone to UNCG for college, man. <laughs> I mean, if they had lacrosse <laughs> and they recruited me, I would have gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's uh, that that's that's an interesting question though, because uh, I do feel like uh, it seems like a lot of the UNCG players. Uh, keep in contact even through the coach changes right like um, you know I remember you know Kyle uh, Hines would talk about the times he'd come back and he was actually brought down by Fran McCaffrey who's at Iowa right now and so you know and he played mostly with a different coach while he was at UNCG then there's been other you know coaching changes and he's he's still um, stays in contact which I think is really cool 
Um, and I want to I want to talk about that too. Like talking to uh, other guys from UNCG, of course. Um, you know, Kyle Hines or maybe even in uh, Marvin Smith, who also played in uh, in the G League this year, doing yeah. really good. What's it like with that community of uh, UNCG players who are currently pros and you guys uh, kind of, you know, helping each other out and, and, and giving each other advice as you guys are, you know, going through your pro careers? Like I said, man, it, it's nothing but love, for, especially throughout the UNCG players. We're, we're a family here, no matter if you transfer or whatever. Just like you said, the, co- the coaches changes, I mean, Whatever happens with Mike Jones and his and his uh, guys, it's always love from us. We always get support. Some of the guys always come back, you know, help out with some of the team with the team and stuff like that. But I always talk to I always talk to Marv, I always talk to James Dickey, Malik Massey, Troy, uh, Demetrius Troy, friend. You know, I always mm-hmm. I always talk to all of them. Still, man, it's it, it's all love, man. It's all love. All right. Your time in Greensboro, Chris, obviously being from Greensboro as well. What was the go-to eating spot? I got to know. I don't get to Greensboro too often, but I go there. What's the go-to food spot? Chris go is going to give me something vegan, but I want I need something good. Go-to, go-to, hmm. That's a Wait, lot. I hate how you said that, like, vegan can't be good, though. <laughs> you know, like, you're, I, you're just going to give me something vegan, but I want something good. Like, if you go to Boba House right there on Tate Street next to campus, yeah, Boba yeah. House is amazing. Yeah. So you trying to say around Greensboro or just around like UNCG? Anywhere. Anywhere in Greensboro. I mean, if you like during the day, I always used to go to Emma Keys, man. Emma Keys was, was one of them hidden spots. So that was, that was my go to. Okay. Right. And Keys, there are other spots too, like Boba House, Dennis. Yeah, like Boba. Like Boba House, it's a, it's a lot of spots over there. You know, I got I got Emma <laughs> Keys. I got some. I got Lux in there. You know. Lux, it's a lot okay. of places. I've always heard that the uh, chicken at Lux is really good. So if it's you, very if you, good. It's if you need some chicken in your life, Dennis, you can go to Lux. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also want to ask you about this. There's a story uh, that I did. I don't know if I've ever told you about this, Dennis, but there's a kid named Bentley. Um, his dad <laughs> went to UNCG. Apparently when I went to UNCG, I don't remember him during my time there. Uh, but uh, we ended up connecting because I just noticed – that there was this kid that a lot of the players would talk to before games. And, and he started like, you know, putting uh, videos on Twitter where he'd mimic at the time, uh, Bentley was like two, but he might be like six now or something. Yeah. He's older now. And and he would mimic play. He would mimic uh, friends uh, moves who would mimic, you know, Isaiah uh, mimic other players. And I ended up doing a story on his connection to the, uh, to the players uh, while I was there in, in Greensboro uh, but Bentley's dad ended up moving to Wisconsin uh, recently. And so I noticed that there was a couple times where they would make, I, don't, I guess, a tri- the trip to Iowa to come see you. Uh, what yeah. was that like to uh, to reconnect with him and kind of see him as a professional, one of the, you know, your first, you know, early fans? Yeah, like, like man, that's ain't crazy because, I mean, to see like, a comfortable face in the stands, man, go over there and dap him up, give him some hugs and show him some love. Show me love by coming down there, you know. Thing is, they they ain't only come to Iowa. They came to Fort Wayne for me, man. They was trying wow. to make, yeah, they was trying to make it to some other games, but like like I like I always tell Bentley, man, his dad, man, they like my lucky charms. Every game they came to, I had a big game, man. It was it, mm. it was insane. Like they like my they like my lucky charms. Like every time they show up to a game, they get me pumped. They get me excited. 
they always had me hype, man. I just I'll always look over to the side and just be like, just point at them and be like, yeah, Bentley. You know, they just get me going, man, just to see a familiar face. It's awesome. How hard is it to be so distant from your family during the start of your professional career? You know, man, I had to I had to start early. You know, my freshman year, I was I was kind of homesick at UNCG. I did want to get back home my freshman year, but after that year, you know, I, it was all about business, and you know, uh, I had to get used to it. I had to, you know, had to grow up, start being a man, start being away from home, be away from mommy and stuff like that. Uh, but I feel like I had to. That's that's every time like I went home, though, I had to grow up. You know, I had to grow up young. Uh, you know, had nieces and nephews and stuff like that, and I ain't see I ain't see nothing wrong with me just being a, uh, away from home at the same time. So, all right. So this is my final question to you, but I want to know, like, I, this is where I need you to just you know, just be as confident as you possibly can be with this, uh, because I try not I, to be too too humble with it. Because <laughs> you already told us that you you noticed that you can dominate the paint. Uh, yeah. but, uh, you learned a lot, of course, in, in the G league at, at what point are we going to see Isaiah Miller as a full-time NBA player next year, summer league, After straight up summer, next year, summer league, dog. Okay. All about business, man. Okay. It's all about business, man. All right. Tell us about what's, what's, what's going to be the difference. What's going to get you there that you didn't have, uh, before your, your rookie year. Like I said, man gonna be some more work adding to it mm -hmm. it's gonna be more work this summer you know it's all about the work before you get there so this summer league gonna be i'm gonna be in houston for this summer league working with my uh working with some my little agency a little bit and i have trainers there work me out uh he got me a shooting coach and everything like that so this summer this summer league gonna be something to watch and, right, and if I, I think you'd be the first uncg player on a on a on an nba uh roster right if that would have happened yeah. Facts. All right. Got to get that. Jersey. My final question. My final question. What is the biggest thing you need to work on to get to the NBA? Shooting, man. Shooting. Shooting. I mean, I shot. I was shooting it pretty well, you know, beginning of the half of the season. I was like 44, 42% from three, you know, like 78% for a free throw uh, the first half. Uh, that's when a lot of teams was looking at me. And then uh, the second half after the all-star break, you know, it kind of went down. Confidence went down. You know, that kind of affected me. I was kind of down as a player, but I was having some up and downs, you know. But at the same time, uh, now that I know, now that I experienced, you know, my first year, you know, now I know what to expect out of it, you know, and start, you know, start putting things to work, start getting to it now. I thought I, I thought I was done asking a question. I do have one more question, though. Let me ask you this, though, uh, because right now that the, that the G League season is over, the playoffs are happening. And so yeah. you get a chance to just sit back and watch. And this is basketball at its greatest right now. Uh, yeah. Everybody's going to lock in, play the best defense, and, you know, everybody's seen everything so they know what to do. Um, I know that in my athletic background, sometimes, like, the times when I wasn't playing or I wasn't wrestling um, and I was just sitting back and watching is when I had a chance to learn the most. Do you think that, you know, taking this time um, now that the G League season is over and you're watching uh, the Timberwolves and other uh, teams, 
uh, playing that this is a time where you can also it could get you ready for summer league just because you're watching the greatest at what they do. And, and also you spend a year in it. So you understand the ins and outs yeah. of what's happening a little bit better. Yes, it's just like you said, man, I'm watching players that's just like me. I'm watching Pat, uh, Pat Beverly and watching uh, Kyle Lowry, watching uh, Fred Van Fleet, you know, players like that. Watching the market smart, you know, the way he locked up on that last that last possession, it, it was crazy. Like, I'm looking at things like that, man. Offensively, I'm looking at players' decision-making, like how they thinking in certain moments, how they thinking when they get in a certain position, and things like that, what type of shots I should be taking, what type of shots I should not be taking, stuff like that. Word up. All right. Well, look, Dennis, we're going to have to get an Isaiah Miller jersey for next year because he I'm called dead. the shot. We're going, he's going to be in the NBA, and we're going to be chanting UNCG the whole time. For sure. <laughs> so we appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you all for having me, man. All right. We want to thank uh, the great Spartan himself, Isaiah Miller. Um, Dennis, I just have to say this. This might be a little biased, but I don't think so. Um, Spartans just make the world go round, and I know that you are so blessed to be working with a Spartan and uh, we had this great show with another Spartan and maybe down the line we can have more Spartans on on the Culture State podcast because people just need to know the greatness that is of the UNCG Spartans and so it was great to have him on the show today. And I thought you were talking about our man JB Ricks uh, from we're spec- not talking about Michigan State Spartans. Yeah, exactly. We're not talking Michigan. about those Spartans. Oh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. My, my bad. Shout outs to JB, though. But yeah, no, JB's not those. I do love JB. Yeah, you know, there's always Spartan representation every single week on this show. Well, we've had some Spartan representation before. We have Wes Miller, the former UNCG head coach who played at UNC Chapel Hill. We've had him on as well. So, yeah, we've had some Spartan representation come through here. Plenty we, had John, we had John Newman, who was, uh, you know, committed to UNCG for all of a week. Before right. Wes Miller decided to go to Cincinnati, and he followed him there. He was committed that. there for a week. Um, so shout outs to him. I'm waiting to see what he he does in the NBA, but he has he has the ability. He said it himself. Really, the thing uh, he needs to work on is his uh, shot making, and that you know that's so huge in the NBA. We see it right now in the NBA playoffs. Uh, the teams that you know can uh, defend the best and shoot the threes the best typically can go on and move on. Uh, you know, with him being six foot one, he's going to need to get that shot together. But otherwise, you know, other than that, he can handle the ball. He can pass the ball. He's a crazy defender. And his athleticism is absolutely out of the world. If you have not watched uh, one of his games or if you did not get a chance to watch one of UNCG's runs during his last couple of seasons there, go back and watch and, and notice what you see about him and what he does and how he changes the game. Um, you know, his athleticism is absolutely out of this world. And even though he's only six foot uh, tall, I would venture to say he could probably end up switching off on guys as big as six foot eight, uh, just because he does have the athleticism to keep up with them. And even if they try to post him up, he's got the, the, the jumping ability that, to try to bother their, their shot uh, selection. So, um, you know, he's, he's definitely going to find his way uh, into the league. He just has to have the right opportunity. Uh, on the smaller side, but man, when you see him jump, he doesn't look like he's only six feet tall at all. Yeah, uh, remember uh, you and I last year, last spring, uh, going all in. Obviously, watching them in the SoCon tournament, and they mm-hmm. almost beat Florida State in the NCAA tournament. Um, yes. Yeah, and he he showed what he can do against a guy who was the NBA Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes, and he went one on one against him a lot of that game. And uh, so yeah, he I think 
he's got a bright future for him. You know what, when uh, the SEC eventually swallows up all the teams in the ACC um, or, you know, Big Ten or whatever, yeah. just know that UNCG will be the best team in the ACC in 2055. I'm just going to go ahead and call it. When the ACC is no longer Duke, North Carolina, NC State, because they're all been swallowed up by the SEC, UNCG is going to be leading the ACC. Just watch out for it. All right, on the lookout. <laughs> Make sure you guys give us five stars. Make sure you follow us. I'm at Chris Lee TV. That's Dennis Cox. He's at The Fan Rookie. That's all on Twitter and Instagram. And you also, can also follow the podcast. I'll let you do that one. I was like, yeah, follow us at Culture State Pod. Uh, we're posting stuff, obviously, from the show, but some original behind-the-scenes content and look when we're at Kane's games and doing other stuff. So make sure you check out that as well. And I'm showing you how to make delicious fried oyster mushrooms if you need any vegan options as well. It's right there on my IG page right now. Yeah, I saw that. It's delicious. It looks delicious, right? Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> it looks delicious. I'll have I to don't make like some for oyster. you. I don't like oysters. So, that, yeah. So, oyster like, mushrooms? I got your oysters. I go, nope. Okay. Oyster mushrooms? Or are you talking about the actual, like, animal? No, the actual animal. I don't mind. Yeah. I'm not a mushroom fan either. Well, I'm not talking about animals. I'm talking about oyster I, mushrooms. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> you know the, the, you, okay, real fast, we'll wrap things up. You know the light situation in the studio? You know, yeah, like, you carried it uh, with you to your apartment. Like, apparently, it's, it's happening. The Undertaker's following me <laughs> to my apartment. The light above me is now flicking. did it again just now. Somebody needs to pay their bill. Thank you so much, guys, for listening and watching. We'll see you next time on the Culture State Podcast. The Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan app.